Welcome back to Arab American Psycho. My name is Noor, and this week's guest is a trend analyst, a fashion writer. You may know her on TikTok as Old Loser in Brooklyn. I don't know why I'm like laughing as I'm saying that. Welcome to the show, Mandy Lee. I feel like I'm bullying you. You're not. Hi. I'm happy to be here. It's Old Loser. <laughs> Listen, I am also an Old Loser in Brooklyn, okay. so... We're on the same page. So full disclosure, like that username I'm stuck with basically because my account used to just be like a burner account, a lurker account. Um, but now I'm, I'm basically stuck with it. <laughs> You're like, I am forever old loser in Brooklyn. Yeah, I mean, it's accurate, but <laughs> it's basic. It's like me now. Um, there is no more Mandy Lee. It's just oh, it's old loser. No. <laughs> I kind of like it because it feels very much like an AIM, like, you know what I mean? Like an AIM username when people didn't make their usernames their actual names. Yeah. But like when I first got on TikTok during the pandemic, obviously it was like I was just lurking and like watching videos. But a lot of usernames were like just, just the weirdest thing, like red toenail polish or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'll just do, I'll just do that instead of come up with something, you know, for my future brand. <laughs> we had no foresight yeah. back then. <laughs> so, okay. So you, you're pretty big on TikTok, I would say, especially like in the fashion space. I mean, I feel like I've been seeing you creating videos for a while, but like what, where did it start? Like what was, where, where did, where did old loser in Brooklyn begin? So I guess, um, I think I posted my first video in like August of 2020, but it was all just like shit posting. Like I'd post my little DIY projects or I don't know, like talk about America's next top model. Cause I was, I got laid off during the pandemic and was watching it. So I was literally just shit posting. And I think I made my first like fashion, um, analysis video in March or February of 2021. So it's, it's been about a year since I've like taken TikTok seriously. Um, and yeah, it just, I don't even know like what happened. The algorithm has changed a lot. The space has become a lot more saturated, but, um, my account was, I think my account got big for two reasons. One is it's not like I do post my outfits and stuff sometimes, but it's more like fashion analysis and like figuring out the reasons why things are happening within the fashion space. It's also pretty critique heavy too. Like I'm not afraid to be like, why the fuck do we need another Kendall Jenner photo shoot on IT? Like stuff like that. Um, but I'm also, you know, talking about the Simone Rocha show and how pretty it is um, and why trend cycles happen. And then I think the other reason why um, my page became kind of successful is I'm genuinely passionate about this. And I think that like, I'm not trying to be somebody else. I'm not trying to copy somebody else's content. Like I think that comes across and I've seen a lot of like, uh, like copy, maybe not intentionally copycat accounts, but I've seen a lot of accounts that are like using my same video style and my same, like everything basically. And there can only be one old loser basically. And I think that's what sets creators apart from one another is like developing your own style and your own POV. 
Um, I'm pretty sure that's the only reason why my page has found success is because I have a POV and I stick with it, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's like basically the run of it, (laughs) but yeah, it's been about a year. I mean, that's really crazy. Like how much you've grown in, in almost a year, but also I've, I have myself seen a lot of videos that are very heavily inspired by you. Like it's very obvious that that is the format that they are trying to replicate. But I think that once people start to replicate your style of content creation, that's also kind of like, it can be annoying, but it's also, I think like a kind of like you're doing something right that people want to emulate that people want to, uh, you know, try to make that their own thing because they're like, Oh, this is really cool. I want to be, I want to be cool too. (laughs) And I, I, I do get a little annoyed at times if when it happens to me, but for the most part, maybe I'm a narcissist, but I'm like, this is very flattering. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that angle. Um, I think it's just like what, what bothers me, I guess is my content is like my opinions Mm -hmm. and it's weird when people are like just regurgitating your labor opinions. That is weird. Um, That is weird. it, It mostly bothers me with like publications who do that. Not really like yeah. you know, somebody with like a hundred, fo- like whatever, like that's, it, it's, that's flattering. But when like, I don't know, big media publications, like just transcribe your videos and pretend that they like did that labor aspect of it, that bothers me because they're getting paid for it. And I'm not getting paid for making TikToks. And I mean, rightfully so, like, that's like not, that's very much plagiarism like that's very much like you know writing 101 don't do that literally and literally and I got in a fight with culted do you know culted (laughs) just like that's so funny but dude everyone knows that like that's kind of their thing is they like to rip off smaller creators and I got into it with them I like literally it's the only time I've ever put anybody on blast on my page because they they did that like they transcribed it and I'm like uh this is really this what's scary is you guys are editors like how another editor not understand that this is plagiarism 101 like do we need a lesson in that like what that's creepy that's that's just really fucked up too and yeah it's like you these are like essentially like colleagues like these are people who should have an understanding of you know right what what's appropriate and what is not um and also like I feel like even a small child would know that so you know like it's it's very basic you know I would say common sense to not to not plagiarize um someone's writing or words or you know just stealing their ideas. But yeah, no, I mean, I definitely think that there is a line between like something that is inspired by you versus just blatantly copying you because that's like the inspiration aspect. Like I get it because I feel inspired by so many things. And so I, I, it would be, you know, just false for me to be like, no, I've nothing I do is inspired by anything, but like to copy, that's just like, and then it comes up like yeah. other underbelly of media is these like content farm 
publications basically where it's like, it's a numbers game. It's like, they want you to make, you know, 10 stories a day. And it's like, how can you possibly be creative if you're held to that like really high quota of just like pushing as much content as possible? So it's like, I really feel for these, you know, I'm annoyed, but at the same time, I'm like, I really feel for this because it's impossible to be creative really. If you're like forced into this, like unreasonable quota um, I feel like Refinery29 used to be that way, but I think their content, like they've hired more people, I feel like. I could be wrong, but I feel like their content has gotten like a lot better over the years. But they are like a very high quota site, for example. Um, but no, I like feel for these editors. And I feel like it's a lot of editors like first job are like high quota um, like positions. And it just like, I feel for them because it's hard to be creative when you're like, forced into that world. No, absolutely. And um, I think that just in general, when it comes to writing about fashion, I, I was brought on uh, as a birdie style contributor. And at first I was like, Oh, this is going to be so fun. And I was like, Oh, no, wait, this is like incredibly hard. And suddenly everything I'm saying feels super redundant, because you're you know, like, I feel like there's a certain vocabulary in my mind that I like attach to fashion. And like, as I'm like reading through what I've written, I'm like, this is all feeling the same like this. And again, this isn't my expertise in any way, like to write about fashion, like, you know, I can talk about it, I can consume it, all these other things, but like actually writing like that's, I'll never claim like, oh, yeah, I'm a fashion writer. But I was like, this will be fun. This will be a great way for me to um, you know, it's a challenge for myself kind of thing. And yeah, I was like, this is really difficult. So I can't imagine like even having two stories a month for me was like, this is very, like each one was taking like five hours. And I was like, in my mind, I was like, this is going to take an hour max. I, 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 I did not know. I did not know. I, as soon as I was like, oh no, why I committed to something that I don't know that I can actually do like it take it's very time consuming. Yeah, no, I think that's like the best part about freelance is like you can pitch the stories you want to write because writing the ones you don't care about makes it go so much slower. So much yeah. slower. Like I mean there's only so many things I could say about maxi skirts. You know what I mean? There's only so many things I can say. And then like a bunch of editorial guidelines recently have been like, you can't use the word iconic anymore (laughs) because it gets like, at what point does calling things iconic over and over and over, like lose all of its meaning? Like is everything iconic? Nothing can be. (laughs) And I just feel like at a certain point, I don't know, for me, it was like every word felt so overused. Like every word I could think of, I was like, this feels so meaningless. Like, you know what I mean? I I just, I don't know, maybe I need to um, uh, diversify my vocabulary. Maybe I need to, maybe that's what I need to do. I don't think it's, I mean, I don't think it's that. I think it's that like a lot of, I mean, and I feel like you don't really see this or notice it until you start like working and doing this work. But a lot of fashion stories are written with the intention of somebody buying something. Um, And, like, making things sound, like, better than they are um, in hopes of getting that, like, you know, click 
to yeah. buy something um, or like readers to like consume. And I mean, I get that, of course, like it's a business. Uh, print is dead. Digital is like the only thing we have left basically. And I understand that, but like the stories like I'm interested in writing don't necessarily have like a consumption angle to them. It's more like about the intersection of fashion and culture is, and I think you can probably see that in my content, but like, those are the stories like I really want to write. Um, and they, you know, unfortunately don't like create sales (laughs) most of the time. I, I totally get that. But I think that's another reason why, like, I'll be honest, there aren't many websites or uh, fashion, like digital publications that I find myself going on to anymore. I know that when I was younger, that was, I was going on the refinery 29 every day I was checking Vogue. I was on all those websites constantly. But now I feel like that has really shifted. And I really enjoy your videos, because it's not even necessarily like product pushing. It's more so, you know, inspiration it's more so like understanding and 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 having yeah I would say just like a deeper understanding of a collection or a trend and I think it's really cool the way you break things down like the way you structure these um these trend analysis which I wanted to ask you which I mean you probably have answered this question before but how do you what makes you decide, okay, this is a, this is going to be a trend? I think so. I've kind of taken a backseat with doing prediction videos and like forecasting, like true forecasts, because, uh, I don't know at one, at what point, like my platform became like the be all end all truth, which it's not <laughs> by the way, like I'm just talking and writing about things that I've observed, but I think like what I struggle with right now is like, okay, like is my, is what I'm saying, like actually putting this stuff into like reality or was I like right in my forecast? Like what, I don't know, like it's kind of freaked me out a little bit and I haven't really made like a true trend prediction since like last year. Um, but also you get death threats no matter what, like because especially when like okay like if you think about fashion trend forecasting it's not even like i don't even think it's like that necessarily it's just like if you have a video go viral 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 yeah like you can't control who's seeing that like it it, it's gone way past your audience like you know if you're if your video is getting shown to like something like eight times your audience size like that has like superseded your uh the people that really like are interested in what you have to say. Yeah. So, you know, it's a lot of like old men, of course, and like Karens and stuff who are like, fuck you. Like, this is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Like bring your toaster into your bathtub, like stuff like that. Like, of course it sounds empty, but like, it's kind of scary, but I think that's not necessarily just like my content. I think it's just like anything that goes viral and you're like a woman or you're like some kind of like minority. It's, it's, I'm, a white girl. So I'm sure it's much, much worse for like any kind of like minority group that goes viral because that happens no matter what like subject you're talking about, or even if you're not saying anything, even if you're just like wearing a cute outfit, like if you get 5 million views on that, you are going to get a death threat. Like no question. Um, 
which sounds ridiculous, but like, that's what I've learned about TikTok. But anyway, this is like a big tangent in saying, I, I don't know anymore, like the line of like what I'm, if what I'm saying causes things to happen or if what I'm saying is just like accurate. Um, but I guess to answer your question, like I have a running list in my phone about like, um, you know, themes or potential trends that I've observed, um, in, you know, media on, I mean, most of this is coming from like more niche accounts and more niche, like areas within fashion, because I don't think like the big guys are necessarily calling the shots anymore, at least for like emerging trends. And, you know, I'll sit with it for a while. So like Indie Sleeves, which was probably my most like viral hit that has become like, you know, something way, 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 way bigger than me. Like it's not even associated with me anymore, which is kind of a good thing. Um, but that was just something I had observed for months. And then I was like bored one afternoon and I was like, okay, I'll like film this today. Cause you know, I've sat with it for long enough. This is happening. I've collected enough examples and evidence, um, and research, but like, I don't like to just say random shit. Um, because I treat my account kind of like a resume in a way. So like, yeah, like, I mean, I think some people can do that for, you know, like views, because I think the more polarizing your content is the more of a chance it has to go viral. But like, I've always treated my page, like kind of my resume. So I don't want to just like say whatever. And I don't know, risk my credibility. So I don't know. It's like, it's <laughs> no, and, and everything you're saying, I'm like, yeah, like I, I definitely think that you can say very wild things and probably get a lot of attention for it. But if, if what you are doing has any ties to your career, like you, you want to be thoughtful about what you're putting out there and even if it does still like even if it is still like a silly or crazy thing like it still needs to be something that you believe in or feel comfortable having associated with you or it's like it has to be rooted in truth in some way that's always my north star is like if this is not rooted in truth or data or evidence i'm not gonna say it even if i have like a hunch um which I suppose is like sometimes how forecasts start, but my hunch, I think it's too, like too much time has passed where I've like solidified myself in this space where like, I, I actually think at this point, like <clears throat> if I said, I don't know, like wearing, I don't know, like just something random, I, I feel like it could actually like catalyze into like truth. So that's why I'm like careful now to like really do my research. And lately, honestly, I've just been like reporting on trends that are like pretty obviously like happening instead of doing predictions because I'm like scared, dude. I don't know. Like I don't take this obviously for, for granted and it's not something I like, you know, think is like a game, I guess like, 
I think TikTok used to be more fun when I was like much smaller creator, but now that like I am like the trend analyst girl, um, I, I take it too seriously sometimes and don't have fun, <laughs> but, and I am a fun person and I feel like my, my personality on TikTok is so fucking boring because I'm just like, no, it's not boring. I feel like it is. I, I don't even know how to show my personality at this point. Like, cause I'm scared. <laughs> I think you're experiencing something that a lot of creators go through when, whenever you do like grow a, a large audience rapidly, or you have a video that goes viral or whatever the case may be. And like, you start to really kind of overthink what you're putting out from that point on, because you're so aware of the amount of people who could potentially see it and consume it and, and how they're going to feel and what they're going to say. Um, but I think it kind of, you know, I feel like I'm like, I feel like I'm a seasoned internet girl. So I'm like, I'm gonna give you some unsolicited advice right now that no one, no one asked for. But I think that, like you said, as long as you're putting something out that you believe in, or that is factual, or that you feel like you could defend, essentially. I think that that is at that point on, like you can't control what could happen or how people could feel. But if you feel good about what it is that you are putting out on the internet, like over time, you do become very desensitized to it. Like even when you were talking about death threats, I was like, oh my God, about fashion trends. And I was like, Nora, why are you surprised? You get death threats all the time over like literally nothing, but I am desensitized to it. So like it's at this point, I, it doesn't, it's not memorable to me because it happens so frequently that it's not something that I think about because, you know, it's, it's like anything, like when something happens so often, unfortunately, and yeah, like being a woman. And like you said, being a minority, like I, like I could talk about anything, but at the end of the day, I still am visibly Muslim. So the potential of people saying crazy shit to me, it's always, it always exists. You know what I mean? Like it's, there's, there's always a chance and it's never when you expect it. Sincerely, it's never when you expect it. And I think it is something that over time you just kind of, it becomes like a norm and you, you, you just gotta like ignore that because I think being able to have an audience like that, like you said, like that's incredible. And there is a reason why people are drawn to you. And there's a reason why people are drawn to the content you create and, I think also when it comes to showcasing personality, I, it's not something that I feel like I've personally struggled with, but a lot of my friends will often ask me, how do you feel so comfortable going on your Instagram stories and just saying whatever is in your mind? And it's, it simply comes down to, I don't care like what people think, like, I don't care how it's received. Um, but I know that that's not how most people feel, but I think it's, if it is something that you're like, oh, like I feel like weird about this, I think gradually incorporating it in, you know what I mean? I think that that's also a really good way to get yourself comfortable with it. And yeah, like I, I feel like I have a lot of friends who work in the space who they're like, I don't want brands to feel a certain way. I don't want people online to feel a certain way. But I think that 
if it's true to who you are, it's appropriate. And that's, that's really kind of something that I keep in my mind. I'm like, well, I am not just putting myself on the internet as, you know, one thing, like I'm putting myself out there as like me as well. And, and, you know, I mean, and that's like a whole other, (laughs) a whole other thing. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's great advice. I really agree with you about the feeling numb thing. And okay, like, I've had this conversation with so many other creator friends about like, quote, hate comments or whatever. And it's just like, you can like, nothing is good enough for anybody ever, um, no matter what. And what has something scary that I think has happened to me is I'm a Pisces moon. Like I'm sensitive as fuck. And this business has made me so numb to like everything to any kind of like hate comment, because what now what's happened is I feel like sometimes I can't separate true and honest and helpful critique from just like, like, you know, pinpointing like random things. That's like, wrong with me or people didn't like or whatever like I don't know like for example I I kind of talked about how ID the out of body covers have been like really great and then they put fucking Kendall Jenner on one and it's like everyone knows everything there is to know about Kendall Jenner's body already like this it's it's giving cash cow like it's just giving like easy money like you know guess what cover is going to sell best it, it was Paloma's, but now guess who it's going to be? Like, it, that's fucking annoying. And somebody commented, like, so Kendall has to sexualize herself to, you know, be successful now. And I'm like, what? Where the fuck did you come from, dude? Like, what, what? I don't see the correlation. That's the point, Nor. It's like, there is no correlation. <laughs> it's just like random and, and things like that start to blend in with like, actual criticism where it's like, Hey, you're cutting your videos a little too close to the end of the sentence. Like you should, um, let them go a little bit longer that I had to receive that comment like four times for me to be like, Oh, this is like real helpful critique versus like something random. So like this business does, I agree with what you said, like it numbs you to things. And that scares me because I used to be like such a baby about everything and like cry over like, the random this like hate comments but now i'm just like oh all right like i literally don't care and i don't even understand what this like what this means so it's but heavy, I, it's and it's it's not but here's the thing i'm like it is probably weird but at the same time i would say a majority of my personal hate comments um are from children they're, they're, they're children. Like, even if I can't confirm it, I can tell that they're children because the way they speak everything, I'm like, this is a child. This is, this is a child. So, you know, children can be great, but also like the way in which I value the opinions of small children, very low on my list, very low. Um, and so that's a lot to do with it. It's like, why do, why would I value the opinion of a 14 year old? No, I would never value opinion of a 14 year old in any other circumstance of my life. Like I would never be like, do you think I should get a Roth IRA? You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't ever ask a 14 year old for advice. And so I'm like, 
I can't give this opinion too much weight because I would never do that in any other circumstance. Yeah. No, you know I what I mean? You. That's pretty valid. Um, <laughs> Cause they are children. A lot of times kids are fucking mean. Yeah. And I mean, lately I've been loving the block feature. Love it. Um, I love it. Some like random, like old man made a video about me and was like, this girl blocked me. I'm really upset about it. Cause we never like got to talk. And I was like, you want to talk? I have time today and I unblocked him and I was like, do you want to actually talk or are you just using my status to further your own? Because, you know, it's something to talk about. And and a bunch of comments were like, she's so annoying. Like she has a, what is it? Like a, I don't know, basically saying I'm like full of myself um, and that they that's never, ever even crossed my mind while consuming your content, just FYI. But it's like, I mean, like, this is, am I supposed to be, like, upset by this? I, no. I really wasn't. But, I'm, but of course, like, he doesn't actually want to have a conversation. He just wants to bitch for views. Um, so it's, like, things like that. Also, I have to say, Nora what has changed me so much about social media is I literally have no time for men ever. Like I will, like I, the opinions of men have become literal dust in the wind to me. Like, especially fashion dudes, like these Rick heads that think they know everything, but they're like 19 and they got into fashion via like, Come to Garcon play. Like I, I can't. I haven't like stop, literally. Stop! No not Come to Garcon play. No, you know the archetype I'm talking about. And like, look. Oh, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And they're like, if I speak about this with confidence, it'll seem like I know what I'm talking about. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. It's the elitism for me that has that has been like the thing that has turned me off so much to so many folks is this like inherent elitism so many men mostly carry around with them and I'm like if only I could walk into a meeting as a 19 year old boy who just got into fashion last year and thinks they know everything I'd be on top of the fucking world but like again that has you know I think you know living in like patriarchal society for 30 years I've always kind of been like okay I'll like hear guys out, I guess. But now I'm just like, I don't care what you have to say. Literally, like my free page doesn't even show me men like ever because they know better at this point. It's just like, I don't even know like how, like why that has like happened, I guess. I think it's just because like, because being a woman on this like space in this app, you get called out for literally anything. And my favorite example is one of my friends, Guy Fairy super fan. Um, we're like, good friends in real life. She's also like, just, yeah. I love her videos. I love her. Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, there's a lot of people doing it on TikTok right now. It's yeah. definitely, but I'm like, you guys, it is very obvious, at least to me that you are super knowledgeable on the subjects in which you are speaking on. And that to me is like, that's, that is valuable. And that is you can go look at pictures on Vogue runway or whatever and like share your thoughts. And that's great. But like hearing it from someone who I feel like has a deep understanding, I'm like, this is the opinion that I like, if you commented on my video and critiqued my outfit, I probably would 
not care in the way that I would like change my (laughs) outfit, but I would actually stop to think about it. That's what I'm saying. I would stop and like, be like, Hmm, because I think that your opinion has value when it comes to the subject of fashion. So like, obviously you're not an internet bully, so you would not do that. But like, (laughs) but like, you know what I mean? Sorry to cut you off. I just want, I'm like, yes, she's another person who I'm like, she's incredible. Alex isn't original. Like she was probably the first account that I saw doing fashion analysis um again like probably a year around a year ago so she's definitely like one of the I think one of the first like leaders in this like kind of niche that we're all in but Alex was like I don't even remember what she was talking about but she had like she has a dog and she had dog hair on her shirt and literally all the comments were like commenting about that and how she's basically not allowed to have an opinion as a woman not looking her absolute best on camera. Like it becomes like, it doesn't even matter what you have to say unless you look cute or you're like completely put together. People won't take you seriously. And then like a dusty crusty dude can like do the exact same thing. And it's like, Oh my God, you're amazing for just showing up and trying. Love you. Gonna follow you now. And I'm like, I mean, that's, that's, that is literally in every aspect of life though. Like I'm like, it's being like part of it though, like this closely and seeing just like the daily misogyny is, you know what? And I probably sound bitter because I am fucking bitter. It's annoying as fuck. Oh no. I'll be the first person to say I am incredibly jaded when it comes to men. And, uh, I do think that they are applauded for literally doing the least And that is why I am, there are very few male creators that I actually would verbally support or support in general, because I do think that, you know, scrolling through my For You page, you see these young guys who, you know, they think that they are at the pinnacle of fashion and style because they have like one Rick Owens jacket and like, it's, that's, that is not enough to be, to have the information, like, cause that's what it comes down to. It comes down to like, you don't have the knowledge to be able to making the, to be able to make these statements and have them hold value. And that's not to say that you can't get to that point. Like, obviously everyone has to start somewhere, but there is a sense of entitlement to it when you see it happening it's like you just think that like oh I want to do this and I'm a man so I'm gonna do it and people are gonna like it and people do like it and it's like what the fuck yeah no it's like the it's just the nauseating amount of elitism that I see every day like and here's the thing is if you work in fashion if you've worked in fashion for literally any amount of time you know that it is impossible to know everything Like you can be very, very good and knowledgeable in like a few, you know, different areas. Like for me, that's like fashion history and trend history. Um, But like, I'm not great with like recognizing archival designer, for example, like there's only a couple, like a handful of designers that I could like pick out on the street and be like, bet my life on it. Some people are very, very good at that visual recognition not my specialty personally. And I'm also not super knowledgeable about the, like, you know, how the sausage gets made, like how the production side of things from a supply chain 
point of view, yes, because that was like my previous life. But from like everything else, like how textiles are made, how clothes are actually made, not my specialty. So it really bothers me like knowing these things and being completely okay with being like, look, you can't know everything. And that's just the way it is. Like with, with not just fashion, with everything, with any subject really, like it's okay to not know everything. And like, I feel like fashion is like a particular and maybe art in general, like the arts are like a particular area where like this elitist, like I do know everything attitude comes in and it's like, why? I feel like it's hot to be like, I don't know everything. I want to learn from somebody who does like, you know, it's just, it's weird. It's weird. And that, what bothers me about that the most is I feel like it turns newcomers off to the industry as a whole is like seeing these displays of like unwarranted and unwavering elitism. Like I, if I was a beginner, I'd be like, fuck this. Like, I don't, want anything to do with this if this is like the attitude so I really try like in my content in my page to like never make anybody feel like silly for being a beginner and like approaching things as like if you were a beginner would you be able to understand what I'm saying because like I can get into stuff on my live or like in the dms and stuff like you know as more of like somebody who's knowledgeable in these particular subjects but like my followers should never feel like I don't get it. Like I feel bad that I don't get it. And it's like, no, like it's okay. If you don't like this whole, like, if you know, you know thing. And it's like, it's okay to not know when has it, why is it now this like embarrassing thing to like not know specific things? Like I, I, that's what bothers, like, I don't know. It just really bothers me. No. And like, that's, that is like all the things you said are very true. And also, very common there is this kind of type of fashion person that does want everyone to believe that they know everything and it that is just simply impossible so why are you setting yourself up for failure also like because you don't know everything so like set a realistic standard for yourself be like I know some stuff but I don't know everything because you it's just it's it's a lie it's just not it's not true and I mean even for, you know, for me, I, there's, I, the earliest memories I have of reading fashion magazines is pretty young. It's like seven. And even still, like as someone who has loved it very deeply, I don't know everything and I will never claim to know everything. And that's very fine because no one does. But also like, if you do know everything, what is the point of like continuing on? You know, like, is that even, is, should that be the goal? Like ultimate knowledge and ultimate like domination, the goal? Like, I don't, I feel like that's so weird. Like, that's not why I'm in this business is because I genuinely like it. And I understand that like, there are also so many other people who are just as passionate, but in different areas that I can learn from. Yeah. And I think that has been my favorite part about this platform of mine and I think it sets me apart a little bit from other like fashion creators is like my network of folks are not just other creators. Like they're editors. They're like very long time fashion people like you who I feel like it's not like super common to like want to branch out away from just like other TikTok creators. And that has always been like, wait, you're missing out on so many like amazing voices and interesting folks who again, like, 
have experience in different areas of fashion because I don't want to like I love my TikTok friends of course but like there's so many other like folks in other areas of this business that maybe don't have a hundred thousand followers but like dude that's another random thing that bothers me is like if you look through someone's following list and they're only following like really big creators it's like and they're a big creator it's like you are missing out on some amazing content like what it's clout chasing in my opinion yeah like and it really really bothers me Oh, clout chasing. I mean, listen, you go to one fashion show and it's like, it's clout chasing in the wild. You just get to watch it happening. And it's like, oh no, why are you doing this? You don't need to do this. Like you are doing a disservice to yourself by behaving this way. Dude, that was like one of the most nauseating things I saw this season is like some folks will go there thinking that this is for them. This is you. There are thousands of people who have been working year round to make this happen. Just be fucking grateful that you're there. Like, yes. How, yes. Why is that not enough? Like, you have to stand in the middle of the runway hoping to get your Getty image. Sit your ass down. Oh, be respectful. God. I feel like there's like no, like, I don't know why. Like, respect is like harder to come by with these like younger TikTok creators. It's entitlement. It's entitlement. It is just, they are the embodiment of entitlement because I'm going to tell you something, no matter how many fashion weeks I attend, I will never not be excited. I will never not be excited to go to a show. I will never feel, not feel like lucky and honored and grateful that they invited me. Like I never assume like, oh, this brand has to, you know what I mean? And like that idea of like, I am entitled to this. I, if this brand doesn't invite me, what the fuck is wrong with them type of mentality. And it's like, that's, it's not about you. Yeah. No, I mean like it's this, this, yeah, it's not about you. That's the point. And like, there are, you know, the, every show, the designer will invite like a select VIP list because that's, you know, probably their friends or their connections or whatever. And it's like, don't, it's okay if you're not Drew fucking Barrymore. You know what I mean? Like, if that's what you want, like, that's something you can work towards. But, like, I don't know. It's, it just made me, like, feel sad because, like, I, I mean, I'm somebody who, of course, like, suffers from having too much hindsight and foresight, mostly because that's my job. Um but it's just like TikTok is going to die in a couple of years, just like every social media app does. And like, what are you going to have after that? You know what I mean? Like if your network is just like TikTok people or just like, I don't know, trying to be friends with like celebrities, like you're missing out on like the basically like how the like how this business runs, like people in production, people in like behind the scenes, editors, photographers, like PR folks, like, I don't know. It's just, again, like I'm clearly bothered by entitlement <laughs> and elitism. Same. And Same. It's, it's tough sometimes because like, I feel like I get lumped into, um, you know, uh, being a TikToker, which is fine. You know, that's how, um, I'm, it, that's how my visibility is basically like happened. But I'm, I don't know. 
I don't want to just be a TikToker because there's a lot of like weird things wrapped up in that. I'm appreciative, of course, like I always will be, but like that's not really the be all end all for for me. And I think people think that it it is or like people strive to be a TikToker and it's like there's so much like if you get big on TikTok that's great, but you got to you got to figure out how to pivot away from that because it's not going to be around forever and like there's more like meaningful work to be done, I guess. Yeah. And I wanted to mention this. I feel like this is a good segue. You recently quit your your job, like your full-time job and you are full-time freelancing now. I, I'm getting a feeling from you that you're not, you don't love risk taking. I also hate risks, but I'm getting, I could be assuming, I feel like you don't seem like a fan of risks. Oh, that is absolutely correct. But a lot of it is because, um, like I grew up with financial instability and, you know, the thought of losing my security, which is my paycheck basically, um, scared the shit out of me. But I think I just, it, it's a combination of two things. So I put my notice in last Thursday, um, but I was actually released uh, two days ago. So I am like completely, I mean, apparently that's like normal where they're like, we don't. That does happen. I, that's never, that's never happened to me when I put my notice in, but um, trust me, I'm stoked about it. Me and my managers just like did not get along. Um she actually gave me this like hilarious, the most hilarious feedback. You're going to die. So during one of my performance reviews, by the way, I'm a senior analyst. That's I've been doing forecasting in the corporate world for six years. And her feedback to me was like, Hey, you care too much about like the company culture and it doesn't really like your job. You don't need to care. Um, and also you're overly analytical and it slows you down. Like your curiosity slows you down. And I'm like, that's your job fucking analyst. And then I think about my, basically my business now. And I'm like, that's why I have a business (laughs) is being overly analytical. (laughs) And it was the first time I ever asked manager to like, you need to actually like leave the room because I can't continue with this conversation. Cause you're like, you have crossed the line of like, professional feedback versus attacking me personally. So like ever since that happened, we've just like not really like seen eye to eye, but also like, I just couldn't, it was just so joyless nor like I was miserable and I was not able to give that job my full attention. And I wasn't able to give all my uh, freelance stuff, my full attention. Cause you end up half-assing two things when you have two full-time jobs, essentially. Um, So yeah, I just, we'll see what happens, but I don't like taking risks. Um, But I don't know. I feel like I have so much momentum that if I don't like try to harness it, then I'll never forgive myself. No, and I think that, you know, as a fellow risk averse person, I, I very much get that. But it is, I think, important to do that because... I held on to my full-time job for way too long because I was scared for a lot of reasons. But ultimately, I'm like, you know, reflecting on it, I was like, I really should have done this sooner. You know what I mean? Like, I really should have, you know, quieted the anxieties in my mind and just fucking did it because... And you seem like a responsible person. You're probably financially responsible. 
I am as well. So I'm like, all of, you know, enough, enough, you know, you're not. Yeah. Uh, And so I think it's also like reminding myself of those things and being like, no, no, no. Like I am prepared for this. You know, obviously nothing is guaranteed, but like based off of X, Y, and Z, I can feel fairly confident that I'm going to be okay. Um, And it's, it is very scary, but I am excited for you because to have the energy to be creative is something that is severely depleted when you are working a full-time job. Especially when you're just like going through the motions and you're like, I have to get this done so I can get to the shit that I actually care about. And that is like, it, it does wear on you. I mean, it does sound like completely arbitrary, um, but it it does like kind of weigh on you in this like really ew, like just sad kind of way. But I think I've been ready for this for a long time. Um, but like some advice that I got from other like freelancers is like, how do you feel about your network? Like, do you have do you feel like you've built a, like a genuine network that you can like, you know, pitch to like, or, you know, I don't know, pitch your content to, or enough like little streams here and there. And is your network genuine? That has been, I think what has taken the longest is like, I don't want like, I'm not fake. I mean, I don't talk to my parents anymore, but like the one thing that, they did teach me growing up that I actually listen to today is don't be a brown noser. Don't be like a fake suck up kind of person. And like, that's actually like something I'm incapable of doing. Like I can't. And that's actually gotten me in trouble in the corporate world a lot because people want you to like, you know, uh, suck the corporate tea and pretend you're like wicked into everything. And I don't know. I just was like, I just want my, money like just let me do my job and like we'll be fine I don't want to pretend that like this is more than a job you know what I mean? it's weird it's weird but you know like I think people make the mistake of networking as like an obligation versus like making real connections that are like genuine because y- y- people can tell like people have reached out to me like clearly brown nosing and it's like very much a turn off like But then I see other things where it's like, this is super genuine. And like, I want to engage with this because I can tell, you can tell the difference. Like, I feel like you can too, because you've been in this business for a while, but yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I'll get DMS from people or even brands and I'm like, why are we forcing a closeness that doesn't exist? You know, it's, 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 it's very unnatural And like, I really just think that what you've said is like, I'm glad that you know these things because I find that sometimes when people are kind of newer into this freelancing space, they, they're, they see other people doing, you know, the fake, taking the fake route and it seems to be doing pretty, you know, they're doing well and they think like, oh, maybe I need to do this, but like as as far as like longevity, I don't think being fake is sustainable under any circumstances because it's fake. So it's, you're kind of just putting yourself in a, 
I would say a necessarily stressful situation, but also similar to you, I am physically incapable of pretending to be nice to people. It's something that my mother it loves to remind me about, but it's true. I'm like, you know what? You're not lying, mom. You, these are fucking facts. You're right. I can't, I, something I also have noticed this is a little bit of a sidetrack, but when I compliment people, I think sometimes people are so used to people offering fake compliments and I will very quickly be like, no, 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 no. I'm not just trying to be nice. Like I'm never saying things to just be nice. Like I am saying things because I mean it. And I think that that entire concept is not as common as I thought it was because yeah, people will say like, Oh my God, you look so good, but they don't think you look good. And I'm like, well, why would you say that? Yeah. For what? That stuff is so like detectable by me. Like I can sniff it out so easy because I'm so like, adverse to participating in in it in my personal life that it's just like it's very detectable I think and that's what like drives me crazy sometimes about like these copycat accounts that like have been popping up a lot not just again I want to be clear it's not just like my content that's getting ripped off it's like a lot of you know people who have been in the space for a while like I'm just seeing like the same things that they talked about like a year ago, like in the same way, in the same style. And it's not even like, I guess sometimes the plagiarism isn't what bothers me the most. It's like pretending that like you believe those things and like you just magically have the exact same POV as somebody like that's impossible. And like, I think what, what helps you out in this business is like literally having a point of view and, and it's genuine to you because that's what people want to hear is like, yes, you can write, you can be a content farm and like churn out a million things a day. But like, I think the things that make people stand out and allow you to go out on your own and give you opportunities and whatever is having like a genuine point of view and a genuine opinion and having integrity about it. That is rare. I feel like that integrity piece is like more people on the internet need to have that. Whether that's like what you comment or what you like decide to show in the world and how you like respond to things, like having integrity just like I feel sets you apart so much and like believing in it. I agree with you wholeheartedly and I just, I can't, it seems exhausting. I think that's the other thing, like the idea of, no, exactly. you know, trying to like curate this persona for yourself feels like a lot of work. And I think every human being is interesting in their own ways. And that is why humans like, you know, watching YouTube and all that shit, because we are interested in someone who maybe there are some similarities, but it's probably different. And like, that's what makes it fun. And that's what makes it cool. And that's what draws you in. And that's what I think kind of connects humanity in that way is like, Oh, we're so different, but we're similar. You know what I mean? And, and when you are just, you know, creating this kind of like facade, but I think, you know, it's something that I notice with younger individuals. And so, you know, I, I do want to give them the grace because I think there is also this like self-discovery. I think that self-discovery never ends, but I think specifically when you're in your, you know, late teens, early twenties, 
you know, it, it has a lot of, there's a lot of factors that are playing a role in the way you want to portray yourself and the way you want people to perceive you, whether that be, you know, your self-esteem, whether that be like your relationship with your family, with your friends, with your job, like all of these factors play a role. And I think something that I see on TikTok and I notice it more so than anywhere else is this whole like romanticize your life thing. I've always done that. Just, but I never knew that's what it was, but I, I do think that things that I do are really special and cool, but not in a way where I feel like I need to showcase it. But like, I just feel like the things I do are interesting and cool and I like them. And I think a lot of that kind of romanticize your life, you're the main character culture. It's very much like aspirational. Like they want to portray themselves in the way that they would like to be. And so even though at times it seems a little like disingenuous, I'm like, well, this is like kind of a part of their self-discovery process. I think so, it's like, cute. Yeah. Like it, it, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's sweet. It's cute. Like they're trying to find themselves and that doesn't feel performative to me, but there is like this whole other side where it's like, oh no, this is like very fake. And like, yeah. you don't care about any of these things. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't think I've done, I've only done one during fashion week, but it's because that shit is really hard to film. Honestly, like I give so much prop every time I try a different like filming style or a different like video format. I'm like, damn, like respect to people who this is their, you know, main form of creating content because it's never as easy as I feel like it is. No, I think that that's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's cute to watch people discover themselves and, and seeing that evolution. Like, I think that that's really cool. And I, I think the romanticize your life thing is, it's a positive. It's definitely like, I think it can very much be like a very good positive thing. And I, I, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, there's a difference between like the performative behavior and then like the, I want this to be who I am. I am discovering my identity but I want to talk a little bit about your personal style. Um, I know we have to wrap, but I, I, I really love the way you kind of formulate outfits. Where, like when you started kind of getting into fashion, like, do you think that it, it, it aligns with where your style is at now? Oh my God, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, I mean, like, and a lot of that, I think, is, like, experimentation um, and just, like, trying things. But also, I have to say, something I've learned about my personal style, and I'm not, like, going to apologize for it because this is just, like, the way it is. I can't change it um, because every time I've tried to force or, like, go against these aspects, I have felt enormously uncomfortable and that's like I'm a pretty modest dresser like I love a short skirt moment but like if I'm wearing a short skirt I'm wearing like probably tights or you know something a little bulkier on top like I don't like tight fitting things I don't like showing a lot of my body and I don't I don't know like that took a long time for me to learn I think like probably the area of my personal style that I feel the most is the most true to now took the longest for me to accept. And I also am really not a pants wearer for some reason. Like 
like pants feel really restrictive. And I just, I don't think I've worn pants in like four months. Um, I mean, listen, I love that for you so very much. I just, it's just how, I just feel like there are things that our mind tells us about our style that if we stop fighting against actually makes you hone in on what you actually like. Because I feel like a lot of people do dress at least a little bit for comfort, which, you know, is a contemporary idea. Like women haven't always dressed for comfort, but you know, like this isn't a hundred years ago, we're allowed to do that now. And I certainly dress for comfort in the way, not really like how my clothes feel because yes, that's important, but like how I feel in them. Like, am I adjusting things? Am I like pulling my shirt up because I'm showing too much titty? Like, I don't like that. Um, and that took a long time for me to learn, which is funny. But like, I think when you're a millennial, you're told like, you know, show your cleavage, get a bombshell push-up bra from Victoria's Secret. Like yep. we've all kind of like been there in a way, but, um, you know, I think that's the main thing that is my North star with my style is like, I know I'm not really into pants and I like dressing on kind of the more modest. I wouldn't say my taste is necessarily modest, but it's modest, like adjacent. Um, and that's just what feels good to me. So I think having those like two rules that are just learned by trial and error have made getting dressed so much easier. Like it's amazing how I don't even like really think when I get dressed because I just know what works and I'm never, I don't feel like I've been uncomfortable in an outfit in a long time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, there are certain silhouettes that I'm drawn to. I love a skirt. I love a dress. I love volume. I love a fun tight moment. And you know, my shoes just make all my outfits. Like I'm a shoe girly. Um, I want to get more clothes, honestly, but I've just been like a shoe girly for a long time. They're like probably my biggest, uh, like, I guess category in my closet that I feel like is the most complete. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess that's how I would describe some aspects of my personal style, but I also, I think it's hard to like say, this is what it is. This is like, I don't know. I think it's kind of like modest, eclectic, but like put together in a way. Um, And I'm also not like a huge fan of layering a lot. Um, I know like layering is super in right now, but I'm going to do like one or two things, like have something under and then over, but then that's, it's going to, that's kind of going to be the end of that. Um, because you can't, you just can't like force things that don't feel good because it's never going to like personal style is personal for a reason. It's in the name. And like, if you're not like comfortable or you don't feel like yourself, that's not personal style necessarily. Um, so that's kind of been how I've come into my own with, with that. It's just like honoring what how I feel and being like critical of it and like listening. There's something like particularly comforting hearing you describe that because I very much feel that way. And like, I just, you know, hearing someone 
have a shared opinion. I mean, listen, guys, there is something special about that. And I'm like, I knew, like, that's the thing. I'm like, I saw you online. I was like, she's cool. She knows stuff. I'm like, but I feel like I like this girl. Like, I feel like I get this girl. And like you describing that, I was like, holy fuck. That is a thousand percent how I look, view my wardrobe, the pieces that I put into it, what I want to wear on my body is like, do I feel comfortable in it? Does this feel like me? Like, does this, you know, and it, it, all of those things I think are so crucial to developing your personal style because yeah, like if you don't feel good in what you're wearing, like what the fuck? Like, no, you should feel, and if it doesn't feel good, because hey, sometimes I want to make things work. Sometimes I really yeah. want to make things work. And I'm like, I just, it's not for me. And I need to accept that and, you know, get the fuck over it. Yeah. You know what? Uh, I was having but, a conversation with one of my friends recently about how, like, every time I've tried to look sexy has been like the worst time of my life. Like, and that's just something that took a long time to learn, I guess, about myself. But like, I am a cute, I'm a cute girl. I'm not a sexy girl because trying to feel sexy is like very not for me. And like, I feel sexy in like a different, in like a different way, I guess, but not like, I don't know. It's just not, I guess something that I strive for. So when I've tried to like, um, perform sexiness in like that traditional way, it's always felt like really, really bad for me. (laughs) I don't know. Well, that's the thing. Everything is so subjective. So even like what I would consider to be sexy versus like traditionally what people interpret as sexy, two very, very different things. Like, you know, I think that like the Simon Miller high raid boots are very sexy. That's like a six inch like platform leather boot. Maybe not everyone will find that sexy. Maybe some people will think that's Mm -hmm. too big and no shoe should be that big. And I'm like, I think big shoes, very hot, very sexy, very attractive. I'm attracted to big shoes. And yeah, that it's not a stiletto, you know, it's not like there's, when I see a stiletto, I don't think like sexy. I think like, no, thank you. (laughs) I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but crossover too, right? Like you can have a funky style and it's still like sexy or like a cute style and it's still eclectic, you know, there's like so much overlap. And I think like what, what is sexy is just being confident and happy with how a thousand percent dressing. It's really that simple. Like we, we complicate that so much, but like no, like that, that really, it really is sometimes that simple. <laughs> Listen, guys, you heard it from an analyst herself. Sometimes, sometimes it's just simple and you got to take things at face value. Other things like, you know, Simone Rocha, that's a, that's a different story. Um, but no, honestly, Mandy, this has been very fun. I really feel like I could talk to you about like fashion, personal style, the internet for hours and I'm like it's it's honestly just been so nice to to actually have this confirmation and I love to be correct and I'm like I knew I liked her and now I know it so I'm like this is a win for me overall but um it's really been such a pleasure to have you on the show where can people find you online where can they get old loser in Brooklyn content let's see I'm on Instagram and TikTok uh both at 
Old Loser in Brooklyn. And then all my articles and stuff like that are in my bio. I also have a newsletter. Guess what it's called? Surprise, Old Loser in Brooklyn. <laughs> That's so exciting. Um, I'm going to have all of that linked in the episode description. And then as always, you can check out the Arab American Psycho Instagram account where you will see a lovely photo of Mandy. And you can follow me on Instagram where uh, all I do is eat bagels. So that's that's where I'm at. And as always, guys, <laughs> don't forget to floss your teeth, wear your sunscreen. Don't be a fucking asshole. And I will talk to you next Sunday. That was extremely fun.